Hello, my ladies and gents, gents, just the gents, the rom-com gents and ladies, rom-com ladies, rom-com ladies and gents. I feel like you guys need to have a name. You know how podcasts have like fans or like Taylor Swift has the Swift Swifties. That's the thing, right? I don't really listen to Taylor Swift. Um, uh, this week, it's Easy A, Emma Stone, Stanley Tucci, a.k.a. The Tooch. Thomas Hayden Church, Patricia Clarkson, and Amanda Bynes. Uh, they did a pretty good job of, I would call it a permutation of the classic 18th century novel that you were forced to read in high school, The Scarlet Letter, Nathaniel Hawthorne. Um, unless you're just a fan of American lit before 1800 in general, which you still probably didn't read this uh, out of pleasure, but uh, have no fear. There is a movie version that's been heavily updated and made just for you, um, you people who like stories about women being castigated across the street. I think castigated, right? That's the right word. Anyways, you rom-com ladies and gents, it's Emma Stone starring in Easy A. Don't worry, darling. What a horrible name for a movie. <laughs> Um, <laughs> are we recording? Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Monday Night Football. It's me, Kelly McCrillis, and I'm here. I'm here with Ryan Graves, and we're going to try not to say anything about football today. No, because we don't know a thing about football, if we had to be completely honest. Maybe uh, a little baseball knowledge, even some Lakers trivia, but football right out got nothing. So instead, we're going to talk about which one of these players would fall in love. Uh, what about number 10? He looks like a beefy boy. He's got his hands between number 13's legs. That must mean something. Well, let's throw it on to the network. Uh, uh, Ryan, I just I just got in that we are being fired. Oh, summarily. that's probably a good idea. I remember when my dad taught me how hiking works. I'm like, Dad! Don't what were you doing over there? Because he's like, oh, you, you, not, you, not the walking through the woods kind, but, <laughs> but he's the like, hut hut kind. That's what you do. I'm like, oh, okay, it's just a little weird, you guys. It was weird when my dad did it to me for the first time as well. I feel like that's a dad son rite of passage. Yeah. When are you gonna do it to Theo? Uh, I'm gonna give him some time. Maybe you know, verbal warning. Okay, Theo, I'm gonna explain exactly what's gonna happen with my hands. Um, but hey, you know, what happens between guys? It's cool. Whatever, you know? What's happening between guys right now is A Gentleman's Guide to Rom-Coms. Yeah, it's just a couple of uh, loving movies between some loving guys. You know, it's no big deal. No so big deal. No big deal at all. I'm Kelly Song. I'm Ryan Graves. And, and apparently you don't have a game for me today. You just it's not a game. have a it's thing to talk a question. about. I just it's, have a question. You just have something to say. Can uh, I'm just going to ask, am I a snob? Snobber. Okay, so um, is it snob or knob? Are those the two choices? I guess, or maybe there's like an like an enigmatic third neutral ground where you're just a human. Okay, you get to decide. Uh, snob, knob, or human? Yeah. So I am a video game player. I am playing the new Halo game, uh, Halo Infinite. This is like Halo. Wow, this, this is the most boring intro to "Will you date me?" that I've ever heard. <laughs> Luckily, it's not Will You Date Me. I made sure I married someone who put up with this uh, oh, yeah, video ahead. game playing. I, and you know what? We both married you, people. And you played plenty of Halo with me, and you're plenty cool. Yeah, people but still just have the sex way you, with you. Hi, I'm Ryan. I'm a guy who plays video games. Right now, I'm playing Halo. Pretty original. <laughs> 
Go ahead. Um, what, what are you doing with Halo? I just, I needed to confide in you. Did I, you do something mean to somebody online? No, oh, okay. no. I just needed someone to like help me out because I've got a problem. What's your problem? And it, I just, I need, I need. Use a plasma grenade. There, need, solved uh, it. I need my bro. So I played through the game. I had a really yes. good time. I uh-huh. played it on the second hardest level called Heroic. Uh-huh. It's like, I've always played Halo on either Heroic or Legendary, which are the harder, harder states of playing them in. Um, I love Halo. It's my Star Wars of video games. I sure. love every single Halo game. I love this new one. I've played it a little, like nearly to the very last thing. What they've introduced in this game is boss battles. Um, and the boss battles are supremely difficult and, uh, they make me use cuss words and F words sure. and things like that. Yeah. I've gotten to the very last boss battle. Mm-hmm. I can't beat it. Yep. I just can't beat it. Totally. And I've never, I've never had this problem where I couldn't beat a halo. Mm. Um, <laughs> And I With fe- all those curse words, you're never going to wear one either. Hey! <laughs> and I feel like this game has gotten to the point where the game is like, you're too old to beat it because Possibly. you're not putting in the time and you don't have the alacrity and acuity sure. of a younger person. I was definitely thinking weak, but I'm glad you went with old. Um, yeah, couldn't continue. Sure, weak, old, whatever. I, I could beat it if I spent several hours a day playing it. Can I see your thumbs really quick? This is why I'm, I told you I was dealing with carpal tunnel. It's it's right here. There's a soreness in yeah. my thumb where like my mm-hmm. hand is sore. It's tight, I can tell. So I'm mad at the game sure. and it makes me feel insecure as a human because I'm like, I've never it's like when Oh, the big the, the it's big like, bad game is beating you. It's like when your son <laughs> plays basketball with you and then he beats you at basketball and you're no longer your son's the person. Two and a half. But How it will get to that, that point oh, where okay. he will beat me in basketball basketball and I will have to accept that defeat. But sure. that defeat came like fifteen years early where I'm like, I already can't play video games, or at least the tough ones that I used to be really, really good at. Sure. And so I'm mad at the game. Am I mad at the game for it actually being poorly designed or am I mad that I'm getting older? Have and you looked this up online? Like, are there other people that have a hard time with this yeah, boss battle? Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, what do you mean? You just do this, this, this. I'm like, that's what I'm trying to do. And the okay. strategy guide's like, I don't know what to tell you, So bro. remember when you and I played, you got me this game for Christmas, uh, Jedi Fallen Order. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot like the Souls games where it's difficult to execute moves unless you do them in the right order at the mm-hmm. right time. Yeah. And I know bunches of people who are our age and younger who couldn't finish the game. They're mm-hmm. just like, it's too hard. Right. Or they would put it all the way to the easiest mode just yeah. because they couldn't finish they it. They put it on story mode. Yes. Um, yeah. Where they're like, okay, I there's no way for me to lose this battle, basically. Right. I just want to get the story of the, the game it's doing. Sure. But it made them feel bad because they're yeah. like, this game's too hard. Yeah. You beat that game, right? Oh, yeah. This is what I'm thinking. Don't get mad, okay? I'm going to get mad. I I think it's not that you're getting too old. It's not that the game's too hard. I think you've evolved past Halo. (laughs) So You're not getting older. You're evolving. (laughs) Well, well, hear me out, okay? Now, there are some, let's say, um, activities or... um, Oh, okay. Midnight movies or mm-hmm. all-nighters, okay? Oh, yeah. Like um, movie marathons that we used to do, and we'd start them at nine, and we finish it at three in the morning. Right. Right? Okay. How well are you at doing those these days? Couldn't even start it. However, can you afford to go to an all-day cinema day movie fest at a film festival that you probably couldn't in college? 
Uh, oh, yes. Okay, so this is what I'm saying. By evolving, it just means that you're doing the same thing differently. Mm-hmm. And Halo requires a lot of strafing, button mashing, and like trying to execute things while floating through the air a lot of the time because mm-hmm. you've jumped. There's a lot of stuff to keep track of. Maybe that's not your game anymore, and you just have to accept that and say, you know what? I'm more of an RPG player these days. And it just just my pride is just really smarting for me. I know, I know, and it's gonna hurt. Like that that first time that you fall asleep watching a movie at midnight rather than finishing it, it hurts. Yeah. That first time that you shoot a three pointer and it airballs by five feet. It hurts, but I'm not saying that video games are past you. There's some really difficult video games that you'll be able to do better than better than young people, this, better than your son. This even. Fire Emblem game on my Switch, I've been pl- I'm 60 hours into that, and I'm playing on hard mode, and I'm doing great. This is at what it. I'm talking about. You are a cerebral player uh, now. I <laughs> I went back and I played Halo One on Legendary on the hardest yeah. thing, and I zoomed through it. I'm like, yeah. Wow. But but we, no, we know that what that that's all muscle memory. That's like saying it is muscle memory. But I'm, I also think you're it's, taking a, a penalty kick. You're shooting from the free uh, throw line. I know, but I also think it's because the the games are being made for a different audience, and it's no longer I'm the kind of player. It's it's for a much more competitive player these days who's right. been weaned on Call of Duty and all Ugh. the other like all these things. No where, offense if you play Call of Duty, but <laughs> but they have just hyper focused. Um, hand-eye coordination stuff like that and it's like what gets me i'm like i was with you since the beginning you should be making games for me not for these little 12 year olds and i just have to yes that's the question am i a snob i think you're evolving that's what i'm gonna say is is that bro enough for you i'll I'll take it okay good but it is definitely one of those like you're evolving wink just have to look at it optimistically wink no, no, I'm being sincere. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, I have to ask you a really quick question. Can mm-hmm. you give me some dadly advice? Dadly advice. And your old DAD. Unless a man who doesn't spend time with his family can never be a real man. Look, you're not going to be picking a fight, Dad. Dad, Dad, Daddy O. Oh, Jonah, shut up! Shut up! Shut up! Mom never said shut up to me. No drinking, no drugs, no kissing, no tattoos, no piercings, no ritual animal slaughters of any kind. Oh, God, I'm getting them ideas. Long story short, I was trying to show my child how to eat food, and she was very interested in what was going on in my mouth, and I was going, (laughs) and then she put her finger really quickly in my mouth, and I bit her finger, and she got really sad. Mm-hmm. and cried and had to go to her mom because she didn't trust me anymore. And then like five minutes later, she was like, I love you. Of course, because that's mm-hmm. how goldfish work. Yeah. Um, how do I not bite my child? Um, you know, I've never actually run into this problem before. You've never bitten your child? No. Stepped on a little. <laughs> <laughs> Just mostly. You always like... There's, Just his head. There's this twilight time where they're kind of walking but they're pretty wobbly and you got to be really aware of where they are because they can come up to you like a bump in the night and Uh you can just walk backwards and just bunk and they just kind of tip over because they're like a bowling pin she's my my baby's crawling right now and so i always have to and she's crawling fast yeah like she she's she's like a a viper where she'll like Mm -hmm. start out at one area and then all of a sudden she's somewhere else where she's like (laughs) yeah and her foot 
or my my foot will raise, and then all of a sudden yeah. there's a baby hand yeah. under yeah. it, and I have to go, oh, I have to like jump out of the way. Yeah. Uh, so so how I, do I not bite my child? I would say just be maybe mind your proximity of where your child is to your mouth. Okay. I think that's just concentrate on like mouth. Yeah. Hand coordination. Mouth hand coordination would okay. be a good idea. I would say don't use Halo as practice because Halo these days is getting pretty hard. Okay. Um I'll do something but, else but otherwise I think I think you'll be okay. Play one of those great mouth to hand video games. <laughs> Speaking of mouth to hand video games, let's uh, talk about our movie today, which is Easy A. Let me tell you a story. Tell me a story, Turk. Let me tell you a story about love, D'Artagnan. I ask you about love. Probably quote me a sonnet. I'm not much more than an interpreter, and not very good at telling stories. That's the end. What do you mean, that's the end? That's not. It's the beginning of something interesting. Listen, that's the end of that saga. The end. Emma Stone! She's back! This is uh, Emma Stone number two that we've seen on the show. Who's the other Emma Stone? Um, it was Crazy Emma Stupid Steve Love. Yeah, Crazy yep. Stupid Stupid Love. Emma Stone. Emma Stone. You're a treasure. She is a treasure. Where's what's she doing? Emma Stone. I'm gonna look up your. She's IMDb. doing everything. Are oh, she kidding? was in Cruella. She was really good in Cruella. That was a really good movie. That was honest, sincerely. That was a really good movie. Okay, so I mean, she was in Cruella. She's in Birdman. She's um, crazy, stupid, crazy, love. stupid love. La La Land. La La Land. She's in the <laughs> La La Land. Um, uh, yeah. Emma Stone is. I think she's the next. Who's who's in All About Eve? Why can't I remember her name? Uh, uh, Gloria Swanson. All I can think of is Bette Midler, but that's not right. Betty Davis. Betty Davis. Gloria Swanson. She's she is Betty Davis. Yes, she's got scary large eyes, and she, a pop song will be about her. She's she just can play like strong and in charge and demure and goofy, and mm-hmm. she's got lots of range. Yeah, and. I didn't care for La La Land the movie, but I thought her performance in La La Land was what we should write about. Yeah, honestly, I thought I thought the performances in La La Land were better than the movie. Yeah, if I'm being honest. Yeah, better than the dancing anyway. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> well, we need to talk about the song that she sings in this movie, by the way. So, oh yeah, that's right. Or maybe Emma Stone doesn't sing in this movie. I should say. Oh, she doesn't. Doesn't I, didn't seem like it. Oh, from, didn't seem like for her me. It voice. sounded like her voice. You know who else? This is voice that she did in this movie, the seventh grade version of her. Did you <laughs> yeah, notice that? That was weird. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So uh, this movie is about our main character, Emma Stone, a.k.a. Olive. Olive. And this movie kind of is a, I wouldn't say a, an adaptation of The Scarlet Letter, but much more so a- It's a riff. Riff. Well, it's, a, it's almost a- an answer to it's a r- 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 remix yeah, of yeah. Uh, the Scarlet Letter. And if anybody Brian doesn't Hawthorne. know the Scarlet Letter, um, it is basically about a woman in Puritan New England who has sexual relations with a priest, gets pregnant, but she's not married, and she's in a small town community where basically their your job is to inf- like the way to help people get to heaven is to inform on them to your community. (laughs) And uh, so she becomes a pariah and is ostracized. And it's like up to the priest to either come out and tell the town, actually you're all wrong for what you're thinking or like basically let her get killed. I think, I think she gets stockaded or something. Yeah. Yeah. And she ends up like meeting a wood witch. Anyway, it's actually a good book. I enjoy it. I've read it once since 10th grade where I didn't enjoy it. 
but uh, afterwards I, I came around to it. And yeah. so Emma Stone in this movie is basically begged by her best buddy, not Amanda Bynes. Who's the other actress that's her best bud? Um, Rhiannon. Rhiannon. Which they never play Fleetwood Mac, like missed opportunity. Completely. Also, Rhiannon, you're not a very good friend. I'm just <laughs> saying. But her friend is like, wah, come out camping with me this weekend. And Olive's like, no, she, in her head, she's like, your parents are weird. And we meet them and they're like, oh, we should say they live in Ohio, California, which is like an affluent, super granola, granola, artsy, rich granola people. Yeah. Rich granola is a type. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like both me and you, Kelly, we've met people like this. Oh, for sure. Especially in Portland, Oregon. Um, yeah, I feel like we're the poor (laughs) Ohio. Yeah, totally. Um, so her parents in the meantime are Stanley Tucci and Patricia Clarkson. Who best parents. Adopt me. I Please. want them to be my parents. They're, they're the greatest parents we've ever seen in a movie. They're in love. They're funny. They're, they're super chill. They're super chill and they're supportive of their daughter. There's a yeah. lot of trust back and forth. It's great. I don't think you will make every couple of parents this perfect, but I'm so glad they exist in yeah, this. Yeah, they're awesome. And it's the Tooch. You oh know? my gosh, the Tooch. So he's been in eight of our films. He's so the far. best. Um, so basically, like, she doesn't want to go camping, so she makes an, an excuse that she's like dating she this guy. With, she has a date with the guy, and then her friend's like, So, how was the weekend that you couldn't come hang out with me? And she's like, uh, It was fine. And her friend kept being like, You had sex, didn't you? Yeah. And I was like, No, no, no. And then finally uh, she fine. relents. Yes, yes, I had sex. If only to just make Rhiannon shut up. Yeah. Which we. We understand the impulse because totally. Rianne won't shut up. She won't shut up. Um, and, but who should overhear this? But a clone <laughs> of um, Mandy Moore from Saved, Amanda Bynes. Right, Marianne. So Amanda Bynes' character is just the uh, holier-than-thou missionary kid who is uppity. And, Out to save the world. Yeah, and she's turned up to 11. Yes. Just, uh, it's the movie, like I would say right off the bat, I'm just going to say what I like and what I don't like about Uh it. I like this movie. I think its tone is like all over the place. Oh yeah. It's like that some characters are like turned up to 11, like Amanda Bynes. And then Emma Stone is like a very nuanced, like she has her low moments. She has her high moments. She has her quirky moments. She has nuance. And then other characters are like, Rhiannon, which most of the time we're not really supposed to take seriously, you know, and then she's, she's another one of those best friends. And we've had them in this, in the last couple of movies we've done, I think where it's like, this person's the best friend. It's like, they're not really a good friend. And Um, the movie goes through that. But I really think Amanda Bynes is, is really the only character that's turned up to 11 in this movie. Well, her and her clan. Jesus tells us to love Everyone. I mean, even the whores and the homosexuals, but it's just so hard. It's so hard because they keep doing it over and over again. Make me a promise. Make God a promise, right here and right now, that we will remain pure and chaste until marriage. We promise. Yeah, but like, I mean, they're all kind of like one thing to me. Yeah, which just, I don't know, it felt like he was being farce with them and then other parts was like nuanced sure. comedy. So it just, but it was kind of like, as far as that dynamic between like 
uber Christians and high school is concerned, Saved does a a better job of tone oh. setting it. Yeah, because Saved yeah. is a legitimate satire. Yeah. It's it's got it knows what it's aiming for and it pulls it off really well. Yeah. This is just kind of like, uh <laughs> Yeah. But I mean, I do know that the thing is I knew kids that maybe weren't this extreme, but were pretty close in at least in high school and less so, but also kind of in college where like, I mean, you and I have both witnessed, I'm not going to name names. People pray over a Lady Gaga CD. (laughs) That was that at Whitworth. No, you can cut this out. This This was at your house. Who, who? I don't remember his friends. Oh my gosh. They're so stupid. (laughs) (laughs) They literally prayed for Lady Gaga. Yeah. You can, we can skip to that part. They literally (laughs) prayed for Lady Gaga over her CD so that she'd make better choices in well, life. Well, you know what's funny about, like, I've been around every range of Christian, because I am a Christian, so I've been to the Young Life camps and the church camps, uh-huh. and I went to a Christian college, and so it's like, I've seen a lot of types. I've never seen anyone nearly this extreme. I've seen yeah. them very, like, hardcore, but this was just kind of like, for me, I'm like, I'm not offended. I'm just, I feel like this is kind of cheap characterization that you could have come up with more original characters other than just be having really bigoted characters like this. I think it could have been done much more interestingly because it felt really heavy handed and cliched. Sure. But. Yeah, I, I get you. To me, it felt like a combination of Christian Ojai where there was mm-hmm. like a, you're right, it was turned up to 11, but it did feel like, like, I'm ratcheted to 11 because I'm surrounded by all these hippies. Yeah. Is, is kind of how I read it. Yeah. But I get, I get what you're saying. Yeah. So anyway, so that's what they're dealing with at school. Amanda Bynes hears what they've said. And I do like the, like the pitch perfect irony of her character and her clan that they're the ones who are causing the most trouble because they're spreading rumors, they're gossiping, they're doing all these things that they're preaching against. Which is very like, I mean, what they're trying to do in this movie is like make this high school like Puritan New England because that was like literally the thing that you were encouraged to do was name names. Right, right, totally. And so like she texts, we have a bunch of different scenes in this because it's 2010 and everybody finally has cell phones in yeah, this movie. So everyone's texting each other and yeah. like all of had sex and the movie gets more and more like believable. But this first thing where it kicks us off in the first act, I'm like, who would text about this? No, who cares? Right. Well, I was thinking about that too. Cause I, I, at least in my high school, it was a big deal if one of my friends had sex. But it's not a school-wide big deal. No. And Robin like was next to me, and she was like, actually, at my high school, if somebody had sex, like it was rumor-milled, like hardcore. Was it? I guess and it depends it, on your school. Yeah, I think it depends on the school. But like the fact that so many different people got texted, it felt a little spiderwebby. Yeah. And I think it, you're right. It works definitely a lot better at, in the long run when of the, the movie. The plot ratchets up and the things yeah. that get texted about, I'm like, Oh yeah, that would definitely like yeah, spread totally. like wildfire. But just somebody had sex with somebody and everybody in school is looking at her. It's like, come on, like half of you have had sex. Well, the, <laughs> yeah, the funny thing is, I guess it also depends on the school too. Cause if like, if you go to a school like I did, which had like a thousand people, it's like, this person had sex. I'm like, who? who? <laughs> like, and this seemed like a big school. Yeah, yeah. So how do they, and the thing is like, Olive says, no one knows, knows who I am. Right. So and everyone's would, texting. Like, care? Oh my God, Olive of all the people. Also. And, and we're, we're, we're kind of like talking about things that like, were not perfect about this movie. And I want to make clear pretty early that I really like this movie. Yeah. Um, but the, 
like the idea of Emma Stone, especially as we know Emma Stone right now, not being known or liked is like you you do know that you're the most beautiful, cool person at this we school. We get no right? indication that it's it's kind of the Laura Jean Covey thing where it's like you you do know that you seem to be perfect and everybody kind of likes you, right? Yeah, I don't know what the issue is. Yeah. Um, but regardless, I mean, she does seem a little weird compared yeah. to a couple other people, I guess. Um, but we also get um, Thomas Hayden Church as actually playing like this weird, like he doesn't necessarily play against type in this, but he has like this this accent that he brings to the role, which is kind of like a, he rounds out his, his words. And so we're reading Nathaniel Hawthorne. Yeah. But he's funny. He's amazing. He is really funny. There's something very charismatic about him that he's the English teacher. And it's like, God, you too would be my favorite teacher. I don't know what your generation's fascination is with documenting your every thought, but I can assure you they're not all diamonds. Roman is having an okay day and bought a Coke Zero at the gas station. Raise the roof. Who gives a rat's ass? Yeah. And and the thing is, like, the lines that they give him are funny, but it's really his... It's like he took them, made a choice, and stuck with that choice, and that's just what made it funny. Yeah. Um, and so we have, like, this whole ecosystem going on with this school where, ah, explosion, this girl had sex, and everybody's talking about it. And it's really no big deal, and it wouldn't go much further than that, except she's, she like, one of the Christian kids, like, teases her in class, and then she calls him oh, a yeah. twat. You can bleep that out, I guess, if you want. Um, <laughs> she has to tell her parents yeah, about it. That it's such the a funny t t t t t t t. Let's just say it was an inappropriate word. Well, what did it start with? A snide comment from a snotty girl in my class. No, I mean, what letter did the word start with? Ah, T. Oh, T. T. Last name. T. 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 Guys, noun, adjective, or verb? Noun. It's definitely slang. Think British. Tallywhacker? I like at the end of that scene, too, um... Stanley Tucci goes, they have an adopted son uh, and they're all white and he's black. And he walks over to his son and he like sits down at the table for him. He's like, so where are you from originally? <laughs> it's just like that perfect line. Cause it's said so funny by Stanley Tucci and it's like really in jest, but like dads out there don't do that to people because that's, that's like why they put this in this movie because dads can't help asking that question. Wonderful, it's perfect so dad funny. jokes. It's oh. especially with Tucci behind it. Yeah. So she gets sent to the principal's office, and the principal is Malcolm McDowell, aka um, Alex from A Clockwork Orange. So I really liked that. Yeah, uh, cameo. It was. He's really good in this too, and he's great in everything. But like he, he ratchets up to eleven at one point in time too. I don't know why I'm completely okay with Malcolm McDowell doing it. I think it's because it's Malcolm McDowell. And it's, it's, he's the principal and it's like, we don't need you to be a character. We just need you to be the principal. This is why I like the direction of this movie because it felt like, and especially the casting, it felt like they knew what they were doing. Yeah. Yeah. 
And so what doesn't make sense about this scene, though, is he's like, you've got one more chance. If you end up in here again, you're out of here. And it's like, you just you just sent some people away for fighting. Right. And like, I didn't hear none of that. So why her? He like the film has really good impulses like that. But it's like B plus impulses where it's like, I just need you to like stick the landing a little bit more. Cause like, I feel like Emma Stone had to play off of that of yeah. like giving us the, but you just sent out the two guys For and like show, like point out that and be like more self-aware of it. Yeah. Which it, actually seeing that, that bone in her acting skeleton, I yeah. was like, you're actually kind of a little more in the Ryan Reynolds camp than I thought you were. Yeah, totally. Where she can like pull off. Oh, is that okay? Well, yeah. and like us track exactly what she's saying. Yeah, she's really quick. Yeah, she's got a very sharp um, kind of patter. Yeah. Yeah. So she gets detention with Dan Bird, aka Brandon. Yeah. Um, and I love. This the thing that this movie really gets right about high school life. It's like, oh hey, I haven't talked to you in like two and a half years, yeah, but totally. we have that you know excuse to talk to each other again because that's how junior high, high school goes. Where totally. you kind of just weave in and out of each other's lives, you know. And I wish I had more of that because so many of the people I went to high school with knew each other from middle school or elementary school, mm-hmm. and I went to like I moved a lot, and then I went to a different middle school than everybody did right and so i didn't know anybody and everybody had history and i was like yeah it was fine for a fresh start but i was also a skinny kid who didn't know how to talk to anybody who had braces so it was like hard oh so you didn't have the experience of going to graduation and seeing some of the kids on like the bus to like the big you know school party afterwards and be like wow i first met that kid in second grade no and now we're adults this is weird no i wish Uh, uh like i I moved states when I was nine and then I moved to towns twice after that before I settled in high school. Well, you met me in college and so you can at least know what I was like. You had a lot of hair. Yeah. So (laughs) you could see change like that. So she's talking to Brandon and Brandon's like, I got in a fight because, you know, homophobic things and I'm gay. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah, this is some good high school drama. Yeah. And he's like, you know, it's tough surviving in high school and she's like yeah well everybody thinks i'm a slut and he's like well you could do something about that because you lied yeah and she's like well you could do something too you could lie and then he's like well that's dumb but then later on he's like actually let's do that uh because he just wants to get by right he wants to graduate and not be picked on all the time and so she goes along with this gambit where she's had sex everybody knows she's had sex mm-hmm. and so would it be that weird of a thing if they had sex which right. would prove that he wasn't gay right just everyone can't be chill about for some well, reason yeah well and i feel like 2010 is like oddly a different time than now yeah like, not it's it's not 2000. It's not 1990. It feels like that, especially the progression of acceptability of being gay depends very much on location and decade. No, no you know, the realization I had, I was watching this film. I'm like, yeah, you know, actually what's really funny is that there actually wasn't a lot of gay kids in my high school. And then I was like, like, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, gosh, it's, it's funny. Two of my best friends who were not out in high school, like, Basically, as soon as they were in college, mm-hmm. came out. But I, like, we went separate ways after high school, mm-hmm. and it was like, oh, 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 oh. And, and just like being like, yeah, it is easier after high school. But I also think 
that also has to do with the fact that you're growing up in high school and finding out more about yourself yeah. too. Um, but regardless, they go to a party and they hatch their plan where yeah. they're going <laughs> to pretend to have sex and they go into, they come into this party drunk, find the person whose house it is. And then like scamper on into the back room after asking her where they can have sex. And she's like, well, my room. <laughs> and it's like, girl, those are high schoolers having sex in your room. A, it's probably going to be pretty vanilla, but they're not going to clean up. They're not going to do things right. There's not going to be towels laid down. Like I wouldn't know. I was neither invited to the parties nor had sex in high school. So just, I, am, I, I was completely um, rudderless when it came to you know the logic of these scenes. It just made no sense <laughs> to me why she would say, yes, my bedroom, go have sex. Go, <laughs> go tell them. They're, they they had a pool. Go tell them to have sex in the pool house. I had video game parties when I was in high school, so well, I don't I, know. I, I did too, but it, <laughs> wouldn't you agree, Ryan, if you were, like, let's say Theo's in high school, right? And yeah. you allow him to have a party at your house. Would you say, son, it's probably okay if people have sex in your room? Or would you say, son, make sure people don't have sex in your room? Those are the two options. I, I'm going to go with the no sex, Kelly. Because, <laughs> because it's not... Oh. Great when other people have sex in your. It's not. It's okay. It's not the worst thing in the world, especially if you know them. But apparently, they don't really well, know each other. A my my room in college in my junior year at Squalrus. I'm very curious if well, there were some weekends that I was away. I'm very curious if right in. Folks. Can you guys let me know if you used it as a sex room? Please don't use it as a sex room. Why? 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 Why would they do this? So. They 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 have the good fake sex. This is a very good funny scene. I yes. thought it was hilarious. I thought it was very good. There's a lot of butt smacking and stuff, and everybody's listening outside. And very apparently, when he comes out, all the bros are like, "Nice." Yeah. Although there's a very funny moment when he's like, oh, "I'm gonna be walking sore tomorrow," <laughs> and like, they're like, "What?" what? <laughs> and he's like, "I'm drunk." <laughs> <laughs> it's good comedy. Mm-hmm. And then when she comes out, everybody gives her the, oh, you're mm-hmm. a slut eye, um, which this is very much talking to the time period. And yeah. I think was very necessary for like a modern movie back then. It's unfortunate that the movie didn't make more of an exclamation point about that double standard. I feel like it's not, especially given the source material. Is I like that I wasn't being talked down to. Not talked down to, but Emma Stone just points out, mind your own business, but it could have been good for her to say, like the move point of the movie is mind your own fucking business, uh, but also like mind your own business. And also, even if it were all true, sure. like your judgment is not helpful and your judgment should be equally applied to the rapscallion men around here. That sure. There's some because dastardly this, things these men do, too. We should say this whole thing is being um, narrated to us through a device where she's basically making a vlog mm-hmm. of this whole movie. And I, uh, I think I hear what you're saying. I don't think it would have been a bad addition, but I also like that the movie just showed us rather than told us that lesson. Yeah. So yeah, I like that. Um, but so this all works out. He's happier. She's her status really hasn't changed too much. Just people have more confirmed evidence that she's had sex. But when her friend finds out that she had sex at a party and didn't tell her she was going to it. Yeah, there's a big... Oh, my God. Big blow up. And I was watching the scene. I'm like, wait, what happened? What? And then, like, they end and they're, like, fighting with each other and, like, they're, like, having an impermanent tiff. I'm like, wait, what? What? Yeah, I don't... I do not get why her friend was so peeved about this. Yeah. And um, so the rest of the movie, they're not really friends anymore. Yeah. After this, for some reason. 
And so um, there's this scene where she, she, so she gets paid off by like being given a hundred dollars or like a gift card for a hundred dollars or something. And then she gets really mad at her friend and is decides like, fine, if my friend's going to call me a slut, I'm going to like really lean into it. Mm -hmm. And she goes out and she buys a ton of clothes from a bunch of nice places in Ojai. And yeah, but late, this is inconsistent with the rest of the movie where she's getting paid in a bunch of gift cards and she's like, I don't have a car. And it's like, you don't seem to be hurting for money. You seem to have a ton of money because you bought a whole bunch of clothes, cut up some stuff. Like I, I, I couldn't have afforded all sure. of that stuff. So I don't see why you're like so hard up for cash right yeah. now. I don't know. Uh, so she starts dressing the part. She puts the scarlet letter, letter on herself. And she calls herself an adulterer. And I don't think she's an adulterer because I don't think anyone's in a relationship. No, I don't <laughs> think so. I think, I think everyone's free and clear here. I think... Like, but you know how, especially like if you're 10 commandmenting around, it's like, do not commit adultery. It's like, that's the don't have sex commandment. I, I guess I don't, I took, I took literally a class called the 10 commandments no, no, and I, we never actually got there. I know. But if you're, especially if you're in like an evangelical Christian or Protestant Christian, like background, mm-hmm. like that's. Like if if your parents say don't have sex or like don't do sexy things before you're married, the what they point to is you, that. But you pose an interesting theological uh, question: Are you are you com- breaking a commandment? Because I don't think you're breaking a commandment. No, no, you aren't. So uh, I don't know, movie. I, I I don't know what to say. Well, no, but this isn't the movie. I'm, this is Protestant Christians that I'm talking about. This is what I mean, at least what I grew up in. Uh, okay. Do the does the Amanda Bynes person say that she's an adulterer no, in the movie? Never. She okay. just calls her a whore. Right. That's yeah. What, yeah. she really should have been wearing a W the whole time because that's what everyone's accusing her of. Yeah, that's true. But I think like it's it's a metaphor. <laughs> yeah. I don't think she's being super literal. Yeah. So she dresses up in like things that you would not be allowed to wear in my high school. Um, these tight corset things with no shoulder straps and stuff like that. I, yeah. In my high school, no, no. You'd be sent home. Yeah, probably. Which I also think is, I think is a double standard, but... And and actually, Emma Stone comments on that. She's having a conversation with the guidance counselor and she's like, I've been I've been up to code, you know, mm-hmm. nothing past the hemline, stuff like that. Yeah, so yeah. there is a... There is, there is a, a dress code there, but it's also like California. So right. it gets hot. Yeah, it's true. Right? They probably don't have shoulder rules. <laughs> uh, gotta keep tan lines down. Yeah. Um... So they uh <laughs> like Thomas Hayden Church, he <laughs> sees her and she's all like dressed in the A and he's like, What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And oh, this is also where we understand that Lisa Kudrow is at this school as a guidance counselor and married to Thomas Hayden Church. She doesn't show up until fifty-four minutes into the movie. Uh-huh. It's really weird. Like I, the, I, I don't know why they're introducing her so late. I uh, yeah. That's true, I guess. It worked for me, though. It, it didn't distract me at all. I was like, oh, Lisa Kudrow's here. Oh, also, you're married to Thomas Hayden Church. Yeah, New like, thing. What are you doing here? <laughs> I liked it. But the thing is, like, in this scene, Thomas Hayden Church is like, hey, rah, rah, mm-hmm. right? With Lisa Kudrow. With Lisa Not Kudrow. with Emma Stone. No. I was really worried that the movie was going to do this. Me too. Like, I'm glad it did Oh, there's a teacher thing. I thought it was going to end up where a vicious rumor about him would happen. Yeah. And I thought that because at one point in time, the movie does a really good job, like alluding that that might be a possibility because she calls herself a homewrecker. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, did you, do you actually sleep with Thomas Hayden Church yeah, or something? That Is that would the make thing? Them, <laughs> that would be a darker turn. Yeah. It doesn't go there. So um, in the meantime, more people start 
coming up to her is Neil. Is is that actor it looks Neil? Like Fat Neil? It looks like yeah from, from Community. But he, uh, she agrees. He like says he'll give her a gift card, and she agrees that they went to second base and. It's it's this, it's this pitying thing where she's like, okay, you're having a hard time. I don't care about my reputation that much. So go ahead and use my reputation and, you know, f- live an easier life in high school. Yeah. Again, it's a little complaint, but like they show him like he's overweight. He's got really sl- low self-esteem, but he like gets rejected to this scheme and he goes and sits and eats a candy bar. I'm like... You didn't need the candy bar. Like that's just really overdoing it, and just kind of makes me see him less as a character and more as a caricature. Sure, um, it's it's little moments like that that kind of like prick at it me that I couldn't give this movie a higher rating. Sure, but I still really like it. Yeah, but I think that's the thing. Like those are those are elements, and I understand that. But like the everything else is pulled off so well. Yeah, I mean, she basically just does this for a bunch of people. Yeah, and she this. gets paid in gift cards, which from a crime ring point of view is very brilliant as a high school student student because she's not going to have a paper trail right uh-huh. <laughs> so it's it's kind of brilliant well with cash you wouldn't have a paper trail either but it's like where'd all this cash come from it's like eh, just gift cards very innocuous don't worry about it nothing nothing to see yeah, here totally but also there's no crime ring <laughs> right but it, it's it doesn't it, it looks if there was if she had a lot of cash uh-huh. and there was all these stories sure. of her having sex mm-hmm. with students it really would like like prostitution totally. yeah. but with gift cards somehow that just kind of takes the sting out of it yeah i just have a bunch of gift cards what are you talking yeah. about yeah <laughs> Um, unless they paid for those with credit cards. Oh, Oh. (laughs) and all this time, there's also this other guy because we got this story way back at the beginning of the movie where she was supposed to do seven minutes in heaven with this kid, but he didn't want to. And so they didn't. Right. And what's his name? Is that Todd Woodchuck Todd? Yes, Woodchuck, Wood, Woodchuck Todd. Yeah. And he's like the mascot for the school. And he's a really cool dude. Also, all the guys in this movie look exactly the same. Um, it was 2010. There was only one look. There was one look. They're oh, very similar noses, too. Yeah. One um, look. One look. And but anyway, Chuck, Woodchuck Wood, Wood, Todd. <laughs> how you, much would, who would you Woodchuck Chuck? Which, how much would, would you Woodchuck Todd? Um, I think Brandon's doing the woodchucking here. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, he, you kind of get that he has a thing for Emma yeah. Stone, um, yeah. which is and nice. He like sees her in all these moments where she's like being, you know, thrown insults in the town square and they're like, yeah. whore. Yeah. And he's like, whatever, you're cool in my book. Yeah. He's like, you want to hang out? <laughs> and I mean, this all kind of culminates with the fact that she, she ends up going out with Oh, no, the chlamydia thing happens. Yeah, so nice. she, well, she goes out with Anson. No, no, she doesn't do that yet. She does that afterwards. Does she? Yeah, because remember, um, after that, she almost has a kiss with, what's his name? And they yeah, okay. they get mad at her about the chlamydia All right, before so, that. So yeah. um, she somehow is hanging out with Amanda Bynes. Right, because Amanda Bynes works in the office. Yeah, yeah, and Amanda Bynes is dating this guy who's like a fourth-year senior. Right. And so he gets sent to the... And he's only a second-year senior, we find out. He's 20. Right. Yeah. So he gets sent to the counselor, the guidance counselor office, Lisa Kudrow. We have some scenes with the guidance counselor, and Lisa Kudrow is not very nice. She pulls off this very, like, oh, I don't really like you Yeah, she's she's kind of an uncaring guidance counselor. Yeah. Uh, where she gives at one point in time, she gives Emma Stone some condoms. She's like, just take them, just take them. And, and like, that's her guidance. Like yeah. she doesn't actually do her job. Yeah. And I think 
it's fun to see Lisa Kudrow outside of Friends for me. Yeah. Because I'm like, oh, good job, Lisa Kudrow. Yeah. You're, you're very funny. Yeah. It's a weird kind of character where you're supposed to be like, uh, uh. Are I, you? Do I like you? Do I? And it's it's a good setup because where we land is she's actually having sex with Amanda Bynes's older boyfriend. Yeah. And so the boyfriend finds out that he has chlamydia. Blames it on Emma Stone. Yeah. And says he got it from Emma Stone. Um, and she runs into Lisa Kudrow who spills the beans and right. explains what's going on. And basically Emma apologizes. St- yeah. And yeah. Emma Stone's like, I'll take this. I'm going to be the bigger person. And this is nice correlation with a uh, Scarlet letter of her being virtuous of mm-hmm. like taking the high road and not, right. you know, doing she's terrible a, things. She's a really nice person. Mm-hmm. Like, and this is a, this is a bad way to go if you don't want a very dramatic high school life. Right. But, like she's a very noble character, mm-hmm. oddly. <laughs> but there, there's a blow up because she goes and tells Thomas Aiden Church because like Lisa Kudrow does something mean. Yeah, but that's after. Oh, so, okay. so then she goes to to dinner with Anson, who's like actually asked her out because nobody's asked her out and she's feeling rather rough. Yeah, and she gets asked out by this guy that her best friend liked, very high school. Yeah, and it's like. Were they dating? There was like this, like yeah, they seem to know each other. Something, at least. something's yeah. going on, and yeah. so they're at this big lobster restaurant. And at sh- first, the date's going well. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's not great, but it's at least like a date. Yeah, and then she sees the old best friend, and she's like, "Shit, shit, shit! We can't be seen like this." And she hurries him away. And then they're parking lot, and then he's like, "All right, here's my gift card. Give Let's me have a blowjob." Yeah, because like. because since everybody else thinks that she actually is a prostitute yeah i'm uh sex worker no that's not even right either she's just a high schooler that accepts money for sex when she doesn't need to and it's not actually sex that's happening yeah so whatever it is he thinks that she does it and is like real gross about it and he does the does that thing that we see like the bad high school boys do where he like goes in for the multiple kisses yeah it's like bro take Take, take, take it's a not a hint it's yeah. take the answer yeah and so she finally gets him out of there and he storms off and like as she's walking away he throws this line like oh what the hell man or something like that it's like <laughs> like you're not gonna get it back especially by yeah. doing that what's the point of that don't get it and then she's kind of not saved but supported by um, woodchuck todd. woodchuck todd he's like yo i work here and she's like yeah lobster todd now yeah yeah and so they have a nice night together he drives her home and they have a nice conversation where he's like i think you're cute i think yeah. we should date and then he almost kisses her and she's like no no kissing this has been a hard night and then they hug and i really like this instinct from the writing where instead of instead of it turning into a kiss or anything they just have like a a hug like a supportive hug mm-hmm and that's nice to see in two characters, especially high, high schoolers. If I wrote the scene, I would still have them kiss. Uh, I liked it as it was. Because I think it could have been a nice organic thing where she would at first say no kiss and they hug, but then she like the moment gets them. I don't know. I, 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 I like I like how it is, too. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. So um, this leads to... It gets kind of, kind of Luda. I can't remember what's going on, but she has to... She's talking... Say it gets Luda? Oh, Oh, like ludicrous. <laughs> yeah, it gets Luda. Uh, she's like done with 
with the lies and she just wants to come clean. Oh, and and she tries to get people to, and no one's like, no one's coming forward. And she tries to get, um, Brandon, but he ran away from home and ran off with some black guy. She makes this really good joke. It's like, well, no one really wants to emulate Huck Finn or no Tom's. No, because she says like, nobody runs off with a big hulking black guy. (laughs) And then that's exactly what Brandon does. I love it. It's really good. That's a good, clever English major joke. (laughs) And so it seems like Brandon's living his best life out there yeah. or at least a better life. Yeah. And no one else wants to cover cause like things are going really well for them. Right. Uh, because the stories did exactly what they were hoping they would do. Right. So that, yeah, she tries to get Lisa Kudrow and Lisa Kudrow was like, no, never like, like, no, thank you. And Emma Stone reacts like pretty vitriolically and goes and tells just Thomas Hayden church who should know because yeah, to be you honest, should know if your wife has chlamydia. Like she's at one point in time, she says my relationship's bad. We haven't had sex in months. And I'm like, well, that's probably cause you're waiting for your shot and your pill to take effect <laughs> take, right take, now. You know? Yeah. My question. Also, it's not that big of a deal to have chlamydia guys. Like he didn't need to tell, like the kid tells his parents when he goes to the doctor, you don't need to do that. No, you're the over parent, 18. The mom was there. I know. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Why did he do that? Well, he's a second year senior. He so- it seems he doesn't seem very bright. Exactly. He <laughs> yeah. did not seem like a bright character. I think that's the point. But I think it's like shipped off and it's like, <laughs> this is literally something that they could fix back in the fifties. My question <laughs> is, he got it from Lisa Kudrow. Lisa Kudrow was saying she hasn't had sex with anybody until no, Thomas Hayden church. Thomas, who'd Thomas Hayden Church get it from? No, no. She's saying that I haven't had sex with my husband in two months. But she was acting as if the 20-year-old was like her sexual savior. Well, yeah, but that doesn't mean he's her only one. Okay. So I, what I assume happened is Lisa Kudrow is sleeping around on Thomas Hayden Church, got chlamydia from somebody, gave it to the kid... Well, I mean, and if that kid's having sex with his teacher, he could have also gotten it from somewhere. And given I it thought to it would have been really interesting if Amanda Bynes was indeed having sex. I thought, yeah, I really that should have happened. That's more saved. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, but that's where the like full circleness of her character could have worked out I for think, me. I, I was expecting it to go there the whole time, where yeah. like her and her boyfriend were having sex, but he was also having sex with a teacher. And so when, when that all came out, she would, she would have to question like, you know, herself as well, because she's like, she probably could have equivocated, like, we're just doing this and we're both children of the Lord and it's fine. And that's what makes it better than Emma Stone having sex. Yeah. And that's what I kind of want. I wish that's what these filmmakers got about Christian characters like that. Cause it's like, you're not better than anybody. You're terrible. We're all terrible. Everyone's got their shit. Yeah. So like, uh, that's yeah. what my rewrite would have been. Sure. Oh, as my uh, post was that, um, that was uh, a post emptive rewrite. Yeah. I already did it. I mean, we, we played it afterwards. <laughs> so then she decides to do the thing. Oh, she has a really good conversation with her mom where her mom's like, yeah, I totally <laughs> like those rumors went around about me and they were also kind of true. Cause I slept around she's a lot. Like, mom, I like how they're cool, but she's still embarrassed by her parents. As yes. She should be, but not so embarrassed that she's like, doesn't want anything to do with them. Still wants to have conversations. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good, it's a good balance. Isn't also it? Stanley Tucci's like, what are they watching? It's like the other Bolin girl or, or the, bucket, the list. bucket list. We're watching the bucket list. Cross it off our bucket. <laughs> list it's amazing it's really good and i like at one point in time that he does question her about like her change of outfits he's like 
Yeah, so you are dressing like, you know, a stripper, but a high-end one. No judgment. Like for governors. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's very good. Um, so what happens? That's when she... See, this is the difference between our dad last week, who was like, <laughs> you can't dress in bikinis at all! <laughs> Um, different time, you know, the nineties were pretty, pretty buttoned up conservative back then. Oh you yeah, know? totally. Those, <laughs> that Clinton low rise era. jeans. Oof, boy. Uh, so <laughs> she decides to do a vlog and come clean about everything. And that's what we've been watching. Framing right. device. Framing device. And what the way she prompts it though, is her and her buddy Woodchuck Todd decide to like have a, a kind of a sexy sing-along dance at the... At yeah, the prep rally also would have gotten pep shut rally. down immediately at my school. Would not have been allowed to go on for ten more seconds. Well, and then Malcolm McDowell like he's bring, like three minutes late to the party. Yeah, and he he's he's listening over the intercom and he's like, <laughs> I gotta get down there. Yeah, and he rushes down there. And if Malcolm McDowell was mad at me, I would be like, Oh, I'll do whatever you want. Yeah, so you're scary. <laughs> totally. Um, then but then she drops like her her knowledge that he must know as well that Lisa Kudrow has had sex with a student. Yeah. And that backs off his backs him off. Yeah. Uh, and then she just exits the school because <laughs> apparently she, yeah. So she, she leaves and what she, she tells everybody though, is that they're all, they're going to have sex on camera. Well, something that, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's that, yeah. that the two of them are going to go home. And if you, you know, go to this you website, want more, go to this website yeah. and, yeah, I I would go to that website. I would be too curious. Yeah, that that is the best marketing she ever possibly could have come up with. Yeah, and and it's fantastic because then they all basically watch the explanation of the story. So she's vindicated, but she also admits to all of her guilt. And yeah, then- and we, uh, we there's this weird subplot where she like goes and tries to legitimately find religion. So she goes to all these churches and she tries looking at this Bible. She runs into Fred Armisen, who's Amanda Bynes' dad. And we I don't see, think she's legitimately trying to find religion. I think she's trying to... Not that she's trying to get saved. She's trying to understand it. She Well, I think she's trying to understand, especially like Amanda Bynes's like right. hang up with her. Yeah. Yeah. Her religious hang up with her. It's like, yeah. so what? what is this religion? Why is it making it? happen so she meets fred armison who's amanda bind we find out is amanda bind's dad uh-huh. who's also watching the, the live video. stream I- and wishing that it was actually uh characters having sex there's the full circle yeah like eh, maybe I, not to the degree i wanted it but, but it's, no, it's pretty i, I cool. liked that it came back to yeah. that yeah and there were like a lot of the guys were like oh come Bullshit. on <laughs> um and then you know they ride off into the sunset because she's she likes 80s movies and woodchuck todd like combines like three or four mm-hmm. movies ending and it's very good at one point in time emma stone's like my life's not written by john hughes, john hughes. and it's like well depending on the movie that's okay <laughs> that's probably a good thing uh yeah and that's the movie so you've alluded to the fact that you like this movie but you don't necessarily love it what's where do you come down i give it this is one of the weird movies i'm like three and a quarter like not Maybe really? not three and a half, but I like it, but I don't see myself revisiting this movie. Okay. Okay. I'm giving this a four. Okay. I like this movie. I I was, I laughed a lot. I think the performances were really good. I thought, you know, there were a couple parts that didn't like logically go through, but mm-hmm. that stuff I can always forgive if the rest of the movie is so good that it makes me forget it. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm giving it a solid four out of five. I want to see more Emma Stone. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. It would be interesting if they did an Easy A sequel. 
Easy B. Now that she's <laughs> hard B. Now that she's a woman, <laughs> we're culturally uh, in a different place. Well, maybe she's gone like the opposite direction, where she's just become like a total badass, hard ass, and mm-hmm. so she's a hard B. And, yeah, easy and B. Everybody calls her a B behind her back, and she's like, "I'm going to lean harder into it." <laughs> I don't know. Well, that's uh, I haven't learned my lesson. It's, it's a good time then for us to jump into trope talk. And we're back with Trope Talk. It's like, and Kelly, please forgive me, but it's like Cock Talk. Because ah, oh, it happened. <laughs> we finally did it, folks. Because we're going to be talking about sex. Sex, 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 sex. I like how she refers to her lady parts. She's like, there's not a gnome down there. <laughs> I mean, if you have chlamydia. No, there's still not a gnome no, down no, there. No, 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 no. <laughs> Um, maybe better if it was a gnome instead of chlamydia. Yeah. Um, hmm. That's, these are, these are the questions <laughs> these, for the ages, huh? These are questions I that I podcast. don't need the answers to. <laughs> uh, so we're talking about sex in high school movies. Yeah. Well, more specifically sex as like a, as a rite of passage or as like a big deal. Yes. Right. Because like, I mean, sex in high school movies, like it's portrayed a lot of different ways. You could go the very clean, Laura Jean Covey route. Mm hmm. You can go... um, It's a very chaste look at sex. Yeah, yeah. It's like, this went perfectly. It was so nice. I'm so glad we did it. All right. Yeah. Rad. Rad. Um, (laughs) Or what's like the... What's the opposite of that? Um, Porky's American Pie. um, Just... Gratuitous. Sex, comedy, Fast Times, Original High. Just... Yeah. Is, and so I haven't seen Fast Times in a long time. I I don't usually associate it with those camps because there's definitely some boobies in that movie. Oh, okay. I mean boobies, yeah. I mean, in terms of like what I don't know how much sex those characters are having, but in terms of the movie's outlook on sex, it's very wide eyed, mm-hmm. I'd say. In American Pie, it's about That's about sex. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, these there is this obsession with with sex as being that thing that some people have done mm-hmm. and some people haven't done. And once you've crossed that threshold, it in the eyes of at least your peers, it's, it's like, it's like graduating yeah. almost. Right. Uh, you've gone from one place into another. And like, I mean, there are a billion movies about this. I remember in high school that there are I felt like you kind of were in one of two camps, either that you took that like milestone way too seriously or you took that milestone and didn't want to think about it and just kind of were more childlike about it. You didn't want to, you didn't want to deal with it. There wasn't the third camp of people who were like, I have sex and it's fun. (laughs) Well, I just remember there were people who were having sex and acted as if they were the most important people in the world because they are like more experienced, more mature. Like they've, they've passed that milestone. And so they're, they're the ones who have more Mm -hmm. uh, prowess around school because they're having sex with their boyfriend. They have sex status. Yeah. (laughs) And they they wear skirts. <laughs> no, and I and I remember him being like, "Woohoo, good for you! You had sex. Who the fuck cares?" Like, I, I just you rem- cared. <laughs> no, I I thought they were obnoxious with their. Oh no, attitude. I mean that you cared about having sex. Like, uh, let's 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 like uh, I think let's get a little bit personal. And I'll go first. Mm-hmm. I 
wasn't necessarily against having sex in high school. Mm-hmm. I probably would have if, but I was in the camp where I wanted it to be with somebody that I really, really liked. Mm-hmm. And there was only one person I dated in high school who I really, really liked, but we weren't ready for that. Mm-hmm. And then the person who was ready for that, I didn't really like. And so I said no. Mm-hmm. And so I had opportunities, but I didn't. Right. Um, and so I, you know, well, I, I didn't have opportunities, but, so but I, I want, but I want to, but like, I want to know your philosophy around it or did it not even like enter into your brain that it was a possibility? It, it wasn't something I really needed to seriously consider. Okay. I never, it never got to the point where I had to question it mm-hmm. cause I never got any, I never got close. Okay. You know, so see, I, it's interesting that you never, it's like. Since you didn't get close, there were like, did you view people who had have sex with any sort of chagrin? I'm sure there was a lot of people who had sex and didn't broadcast it to the sure. to the world. And so it was much more so like the the people who were bragging that you didn't like. It wasn't even bragging. It was just this like um, uh, sexier than thou. What, what's what's that word? Um, it's not a thing we deal with as adults now. But like when you're in junior high and high school, you have you have your peers acting as if they're much more mature and experienced when that's not the case at all. Not debutante. What am I no, thinking? No, that still exists. It just exists in careers. Yeah. Where they yeah. think they're much, it's this self-importance that really the people who were self-important about it, mm-hmm. it was like, you're not more important. You bug me. So there was a girl in fourth grade. I was in fourth grade and she was in fifth grade. And she said that she had sex and like I was, I was going to a school in a small town and yeah. it was my first experience with public school. And I was like, is this what public school is? Like? <laughs> and I didn't know what sex was. Yeah. And so, but it was a huge deal for yeah. all the kids. Like when we found out, we we're like, oh my God, she's having sex. And she like fully admitted it to us and bragged about it. And she was telling the truth. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I was in fifth grade and she was just a girl that was talking about it. Right. But it was a huge deal. Right. Probably. I, I'm assuming not, but possibly. Right. I mean, it all, that all depends on your biological clock. Sure. Kind of. And understanding what counts for sex. Yes, that too. Um, and when I was in high school and I finally found somebody who like I knew for a fact had sex, it was more that I was curious than like that it was a huge deal that I needed to talk to other people about. Yeah. You know, it, and so... But apparently, according to Robin, especially, she was saying like, in, you know, girl world, at least, or in her high school, like that was a big deal when somebody had sex. Uh, like everybody, like if you found out about it, it was like everybody knew and was like mentioning like you had sex. Yeah, I feel like there was a lot of conversations that I started to tune out because I was like, I don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> and that was kind of my attitude. Just I, and like. The conversations were getting detailed and I'm like, I don't need to hear about that guy's dick. Was there, was there anything though that like, for me, the reason why I strayed away from those conversations, at least in middle school and the beginning of high school is because I knew nothing about sex. And so like, if I was ever a part of that conversation and something came up that I didn't know about, I was like, I don't know how to talk about that. I'm going to sound stupid if I like oh, join yeah. this conversation. I definitely had that in junior high where there were a lot of terms that came up was like, I don't know what that is. I'm yeah. just going to not, I'm just going to just not participate. One of my friends in high school got a blow job. On a, <laughs> you weren't sure what that was. I wasn't sure what that was. It was like, I think I was in seventh grade. 
and he was in eighth grade and we were talking about it on the school ground with like a group of like six people, like <laughs> mixed genders. And like, they were all talking about it and I was just there and they were talking about like, yeah, it was this great blow job that happened. And I was just like, yeah. <laughs> and totally. my, my addition, and this is why I strayed <laughs> away from talking about sex with anybody for like three years was couches are really good place for that. <laughs> and they were just like, cool. Kelly. Yeah. Thanks. Great. For the great, contribution. Thanks for saying that. So in this genre, what is, what does it do for us? Like, like it, what is it? What is this story that we always find ourselves in, which is do I, or do I not have sex? How does that affect me as a high schooler? Yeah. Well, this movie's really perfect to, perfectly addressing it and i don't know how to answer your question but i do think it this movie takes on the best tact in showing us sexuality in high school because it would it shows it in the way that's not what was the one that we were saying is just kind of gross about it uh it wasn't 10 things wasn't wasn't clueless what am i thinking about we've done a lot of high school movies recently oh 16 candles is that what's grossing me out Sure, it was sixteen uh, yeah, candles. I'm sure, it was sixteen candles. <laughs> uh, yeah, all this just Farmer Ted and his exploits. Just uh, it was just being really gross about it. Whereas mm-hmm. I feel like this pretty accurately depicted things. Where it's like the 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 kid who was overweight, like her, like delineating. It's like we didn't have sex. You got to second base, mm-hmm. and like that made it more believable. Yeah. Well, there's, there's something about there's devil in the details, right? Where like the truth comes out when you have a story to latch onto. Yeah. And I think this movie handled it really well. And I think like it's culminated in the end where she doesn't have sex in the movie. Right. She, at the end of the blog though, she's like, I'm going to go hang out with this guy. And you know what? We might have sex. And she's just like, maybes. And she's like, and maybe tonight, maybe tomorrow, maybe like in a year or maybe when we get married, but it's just none of your business. Yeah. And pal, I feel like that's, I mean, that's what sex should be. None of anybody's business, unless you want to make it their business. Like, unless you're out loud about it and they're like, I, I, yeah, I want to talk to you about this or no, Cindy, we're at the water cooler and I don't know you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I really like the scene where they're having the fake sex because they're both pretty lost. They know what it should sound like, but they have no idea. Like, what the like actual like events would be throughout it. I think Emma Stone is a little bit more experienced in, in, well, I mean, not necessarily more experienced than Brandon, but like she, she knows what, he should sound like him when. Right. And so when like, cause at the end she like punches him in the gut and he's like, Oh, (laughs) and like it pretty much simulates sex in a, you know, in a really awkward way for the most of the time, but yeah. in a way that at least gets the job done. But I appreciated the, uh, the movie itself wasn't f- sexual. It was talking about sex, yeah, but it yeah. wasn't sexual in American pie is or no, something like that. And it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily like intellectualizing it either. It was no. just like, yeah, in high school sex is this thing that we all talk about, but is not a huge part of our lives, but it feels like a huge part of our yeah, lives. Cause this is the kind of movie, if I was in high school watching it, I wouldn't, the movie wouldn't ever make me feel uncomfortable. Whereas there's other teen sex comedies that I would feel a little weird watching this with my friends. Right. Which is why they're all generally cast as 25 year olds. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. And so I don't know. I think it just, 
the best thing it does for our genre is say, there's this big thing that we have to deal with and we have to talk about. And maybe that's not what the story's about, but it's going to be a huge either roadblock or rite of passage. And how our character handles it is probably going to determine like how they handle sex going forward after this. Like, cause I, yeah. I really think your first experience doesn't need to determine the rest of your sexual experience, but I think for a while it kind of sets you on either a smoother or a rockier path. I do wonder what, if something not would have happened to me where a rumor about me got started, but would that have affected how people saw me or affected my confidence? That's something the film could have mm. taken on is like, like the chubby kid. It's like he is both banking on like a storyline about him getting, you know, circulated. Right. But it also gives him the confidence of like actually going and asking girls out. And, and since they presumably, since they know that he's, you know, done something, then he must interested. know his way around, right. you know, a bra strap or something to that effect. Yeah, whatever, whatever he needed <laughs> to know. And uh, there's a nice line where Emma Stone's like, you know, if you had asked me out legitimately, I, I might have said yes. Yeah. And he's like, would you go out? She's like, no, no! which is just brilliantly yeah. shows like you guys are being pigs. Yeah. And I think one of the hardest things about being a teenager is having confidence about anything. Yeah. Like true, like confidence and she has a lot of it in this movie when she stops caring what people think yeah and i don't know that's it's cool to see a character like that yeah i i think the movie does a great job of revolving around this ritual of lose the v card Mm -hmm. um and you know your classmates who's having sex and who's not having sex and all that so i thought the movie did a great job of finding a topic sentence to start their yeah. movie off of yeah really very well done really well done okay uh well let's just uh amble over now that we've got that trope figured out let's amble over to the patreon we have some yeah sorry i'm walking kind of weird right now <laughs> we have exciting things happening so we have a new poll out it's september and uh september is a time for earth wind and fire so we have oh two votes Mm. So it's dance movies. Your options are Footloose, Save the Last Dance, Swing Time, and Step Up. And I also have to apologize to my wife for not putting Strictly Ballroom on there. Robin, I love you. And I'm sorry. We just forgot. (laughs) Yeah. So, so far, Swing Time with Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers is winning. Hold on a second. Do we really want to watch Swing Time? Yeah. Swing Time's great. Swing Time, the one... Is there more blackface that we have to talk about? Oh, uh, that's Top Hat. Okay, thank God. Okay, wait, that's fine. Uh, and then I'm, I'm. Let me just Google it. <laughs> it's an old movie. I just want to check because I just, I don't know. Oh no, it's in Swing Time. Sorry, it's in Swing Time, everyone. It's in Swing Time. Can we just, patrons, you vote for whatever you want, but just come on. Swing I... Time's great. I mean, blackface is not great. <laughs> Okay. But the reason there, I mean, two in one year, Ryan, (laughs) two in one year. We'll just get all the Fred Astaire blackface movies out of the way. (laughs) I think it's also in Top Hat. I don't know. It's not in Top Hat. I I remember it just being in, in, in just one, but there's a reason why it's still published in the Criterion Collection and it hasn't been deleted from the canon. So you mean to be talked about? Okay. Well, we'll see if we, if we actually watch it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, those are our four movies and, uh, I think you also have a new 
No, you already. I do. Yeah. I have a new you essay. Have the essay. Yeah, because we did speed this month, and uh, that's our bonus episode. But my essay is going to be on the new Lord of the Rings show. Should I watch it? <laughs> I don't know. Ryan, would you say I'm the biggest Lord of the Rings fan you know? Yeah. <laughs> I am kind of at a loss. I don't. I don't know. I I love the world of Lord of the Rings so much. I was. I was kind of put off from watching new Lord of the Rings by the Hobbit movies, but this is a new set of people doing a new set of things. Mm -hmm. And I'm just, I'm like, do I want, do I want to be heard again is basically (laughs) where I'm at. And so I might watch it. I might not. We'll see. Can I give you my absolute spoiler free capsule review? I don't know. I don't want to know if you like it or not though. I can't tell you if I like it at all. Can't I tell you if I like it at all? No. Ugh. No, you're putting a strain on our friendship. I want to. I want to go in blind. I already told you a couple of exclamation points. No, you didn't. I guess you forgot it. No, you just told me. You don't even know if you're going to watch it. That's what your essay is about. You don't I know. Even know if I, you're I, watch I want to make it up. We'll talk about it when I watch it. Okay. <laughs> or don't watch it. We'll ta- yeah, when I make a decision, I'll let you know. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to write about that and just about the pains of like, <sighs> if you love something. And then you see it do something that you don't love, then like, have you lost faith in it? Can I at least tell you (laughs) what the show seems to be concerned with subject material wise? Sure. Okay. From what I can glean, it's so in the first two episodes, at least in this season, it's got Elrond, Gladriel, uh, the Durin's people. Mm -hmm. um, Gladriel, much older than Elrond, by the way. Yeah. Um, yeah. And did they talk about that? Something I don't understand in any of Tolkien is how elves don't age. Well, they, but age, they have kids. They age. And to, then the kids like catch up to adulthood, at least in Peter Jackson's. They like, age to basically a point and then they very slowly age after that. So like, does it take five years for them to become looking like five? Are they an infant for like a hundred? Are they like baby Yoda where it takes like a hundred years to like get from age one to two? No, I I think it's, it's like pretty much I, I, like you age to the point where you want to, and then you just slow it down. Yeah. Is, is what I, what I think. Um, but I'm seeing the threads come together for the rings of power and the principal characters who will one day wield the rings of power or make the rings of power. And so that's, that's the groundwork I've seen so far. So is, Oh, so is this, is this set in, um, like lower middle earth or like Northern middle earth, like before the fall? It's, um, it's very game of Thrones where it's kind of checking in with lots of different characters. No, but but time frame, time frame wise, is it, is it before, like the the big Valar battle or oh. after? Uh, Sauron had been defeated and the dramatic... Like ten- Morgoth was defeated, you mean? Right, right. Yeah. And they think Sauron's gone. Oh, okay, great. So I, I know what it's said then. And so... So it's like kind of... And the dramatic tension is Gladiol doesn't believe that he's gone. Okay. That's the dramatic tension of the first ah, two episodes. Ah, so he's going to be working his way through... There's there's gonna He's going to be disguised as a man. So uh, spoiler that, alert for everybody. That's the time frame it's in. So... I can't tell you how I feel about that, but that's what I've seen so far. Go ahead. Just tell me. Can I? Go ahead. Okay. It it seems 
it seems pretty good. We're only two episodes mm-hmm. in. And I was telling Sarah about this. I'm like, okay, if you were judging Game of Thrones off the first two episodes of the first season, I was. you would be kind of like, eh, eh yeah. it's good. Like, mm-hmm. I thought the pilot of Game of Thrones actually was better than this pilot because sure. that pilot, like, introduced us to Jon Snow and Ned Stark and, like, all these dynamics. I'm like, ooh, I like all these people, especially especially Peter Dinklage. I mm-hmm. like him. Um, this one, the first episode's pretty stiff because it's like has so much pressure because there's people like you who are may or may not watch it. And it So that's why it's not good. Because I filmmaking, might not watch it. The filmmaking feels like a little scared. Please like us. Like mm. the you can clearly tell it's the most expensive show in TV history when you're looking at it. Wait, so does it feel like you're in a real space ever? Um feels pretty it looks better than the hobbit and it looks competitive with like you know how return of the king feels a little bit more digital than fellowship of the yeah, ring especially when they're like uh the madras is like looking over a cliff or something before yeah. we go to gondor feels like return of the king where there's a lot of like they do such a thorough job of creating these digital worlds because they're so expansive that they wouldn't be able to shoot in a real place. So it doesn't look fake like the Mandalorian mm-hmm. and it doesn't look fake like the Hobbit. It's in this kind of in between state and it's very beautiful and they come up with some imagery. Okay. Second episode's a lot better. They introduced some characters that I'm liking and I'm looking forward to seeing. So, so far I'm having a good time, but I feel like I need to wait seven or eight episodes where I can actually have a firm opinion on it. Okay. But yeah, okay. it's, 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 it's pretty touch and go. So, well, I guess I'll write an essay about it. And I don't know why anybody's going to read it because <laughs> it's just some guy being like, well, I like Lord of the Rings, but I don't know. But if you are interested in Lord of the Rings, you'll probably enjoy it. Well, I think the Tolkien fandom is the most devout fandom of all the fandoms. Yeah. And I, I honestly think we're one of the fandoms that's pretty much, we don't hate on people for liking things, mm-hmm. which is nice for the most part. It's more like, like the amusement of like, oh, you liked the Hobbit movies? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And you're allowed to like that. And that's fine. There are, you know, you're going to have your outstanding people who are yelling about like, why did you cast, you know, a black actor as a dwarf? And yeah. they don't count. Don't count them. They're like yeah, idiots. But um, I think for, for me, I, it's just like, I have so much to vote my time to right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, do I, do I want to watch something that might break my heart a little bit? What's exciting for me is that there isn't a lot of canonical storytelling for this time. It's just a lot of Tolkien like, yeah, basically this is what happened, but I don't have any stories about it. Right. He'll, he'll be like, and Sauron basically in, you know, came to this island and he convinced the Numenorians to go do this. And he did that for a while. And over here, the elves were doing this for a while. And then eventually there was a war about it. <laughs> and that's all I got for you. They made some rings. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm excited to see a dramatization of lore. That I've that I've always had yeah. in my back pocket from reading Lord of the Rings. I've always wanted to see the Silmarillion done right as a TV show. Yeah, um, but I don't. I don't know. Maybe maybe this will inspire that. But again, that's just another fantasy show that's like, well, we we made this thing. I guess we'll do a prequel to it. Yeah, which is what the House of the Dragon is. Right there's now. magical objects that make people go crazy. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, because the Silmarillion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Well, we'll see. Hopefully you all like Lord of the Rings and this conversation was stimulating to you. Yeah, we've talked, we've segued about a lot of stuff. (laughs) We've talked about Halo, (laughs) talked about biting children. Well, hey, if you're into Lord of the Rings, then you're probably into this next bit. What? Well, actually, no, no, wait, wait, wait. (laughs) Oh, that was the perfect segue. I'm so sorry. But uh, what are we doing bonus episodes wise this month? We're going to be doing uh, the first two episodes of the Lord of the Rings. No, what if we, I feel, have you, have you done any like catch up for Gilmore Girls? No, no, no. Because it's fall. This is Gilmore know, Girls time. Gilmore Girls time is probably imminent. Very imminent. Probably. Maybe that's October. Yeah. But okay. I, I cannot commit for this month. If you guys want us to do a specific bonus episode, write in. Yeah. Tell us now. Or we're going to just decide to do some, maybe we do more Miyazaki. Mm. Um, yeah, maybe we'll Maybe do we do the next, maybe we do, maybe, because maybe we just do chronological oh because we did nausicaa first what is that uh, What's next? the next one is um castles Porco? in the sky i don't feel like doing castles in the sky no you like um, that one a lot i do like it and what's funny is i want to rewatch whisper the heart but we legitimately have an episode on whisper the heart so we can't do that oh either. that's right <laughs> well i mean maybe we'll just like well yeah. I don't we'll know. flip a coin we'll, yeah, figure, it we'll out. figure it out uh, Anyways, th- back to my segue. So if you like Lord of the Rings is what you were saying. Yeah, then you like this bit, which we will give out our Golden Sword Award. She A blessing from the Lord. God be praised. The Golden Sword. Who in Lord of the Rings would have a golden sword? I feel like Feanor would be bitchy enough to have that. Um, if you don't know who he is, it's because you're not a true fan. No, I'm just joking. So there's the, we meet, um, Keller Brimbor's name gets thrown around a lot in the Whoa, first two episodes. really? Yeah. And, okay. um, maybe, maybe it's not thrown around, but I keep bringing it up. I'm like, is that Keller Brimbor? But while Sarah and I were watching it on our second bottle of wine, we just started calling him Keller Bing Bong. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good and Tolkien <laughs> makes it really hard because there's Celeborn oh wait I already figured I already screwed it up Celebrimbor Celeborn mm-hmm. Celebrian mm-hmm. um, there was like well, a fourth one I think there's and like back in the in the Silmarillion you have like Feanor Fingolfin Fing- Fing- Fingon Fingol yeah um, Finger <laughs> um, <laughs> and yeah the crazy cousin Finger but I think Celebingbong would have a golden sword yeah, totally. Good idea. <laughs> All right. Well, who gets it in this one? Oh. Uh, um, or what does? Because it could be anything. Yeah. That's the thing about the golden sword. It could be anything. Yeah. I, I'm i just going to give it to Dan Bird because I just like what Dan Bird's doing in this movie. Yeah. He's, he's the, the gay classmate. Yeah. I actually think he's a, re- a really funny actor and I'm trying to place him in something else. That's what I was doing. I was like, I know you, but I looked up his filmography. I'm like, I don't really know you. Well, he's good. Um, let me just zoom through one more time, see if there's anything I'm missing. Oh, he was on. Why do, I have never watched Cougar Town. Why like, would I know that? Because of Abed, maybe. <laughs> yeah, but Abed he's it. in a bunch of TV shows. Oh, is he? He got a million credits. Yeah. Okay. Um, I. Again, going back to my complaint about the tonality, I'm looking at Amanda Bynes' right above Dan Bird on the IMDb. Because Dan Bird... Very different characters. Dan Bird, well, his approach to his character is that he'll have a big moment and he'll follow it up with like a very subtle, like dry, just like very down to earth Mm -hmm. thing. And then Amanda Bynes is 11 out of 10 the whole movie. Yeah. 
and I wish everyone was doing what Dan Bird's doing. <laughs> well, Emma Stone's doing that too, I think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so Dan Bird. Dan Bird gets the golden sword. Great. 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 I think I'm giving the golden sword to. Mm, I know what I'm giving it to. I'm giving it to um, Thomas Hayden Church's jokes. <laughs> I think they're they're all they're also good and dry <laughs> and done with like no no thought of him being funny at all. Mm-hmm. Just like it's like he wields the golden sword with such deftness that he doesn't even know he's good. Yeah, he's like there's this, like this long dramatic pause and he tells Olive. Remember tomorrow's Earth Day. <laughs> it's just I don't know why it's so good. It just is. It's really good. Yeah. Um, well, R- Ryan, if if you if you were a Lord of the Rings character, I'm sure you'd be really craving <laughs> one of these rom com Like you know, like you'd be like, oh my precious Oscar. Yeah. Gotta get me one of those Oscars. I want to give best supporting actor, but to who? To who? Thomas Hayden Church, mm. Stanley Tucci, mm. Patricia Clark- Clarkson, oh. Lisa Kudrow, Malcolm McDowell even. Wow, there's a lot of good peeps. Um, they're all really good. Mm-hmm. Can I split it between best all those supporting people? actors? Yeah, best supporting actors. I love it. All I think of that's them a great are amazing. Award. That's like a kid's choice award award and I'm here for it. Yeah. Cause like, I feel like with all of those people, it's what, if they weren't in this movie and it was just Emma Stone and a bunch of teenagers, I'd be really bored. Yeah. I really do think that this movie creates a world through its characters. Yeah. It yeah. would feel more like a to all the boys, even though that one has um tall man from Greek weddings. Um, what's his name? Uh, oh yeah. And, but speaking of, Speaking of Oscars, I'm going to give it to the parents and we can talk about that. Okay. Yeah. Because I think in To All the Boys, we've got M- Mr. What is his name in in that movie? <laughs> My Big Fat Greek Wedding. What is his name? John Corbett. John He's Corbett. The actor. Thank you. But also he is Ian Miller. Ian Miller. Ian Miller. So... John Corbett's character, John Corbett is a treasure, um, but his character in that movie is like, kind of like, I'm here for you guys and I'm just a dad. And they're like, dad, you're a dad. He's like, he's yeah, like, take some rubbers. I am some dad. Yeah. I am a dad. And here's, you know, in case you have sex, have, have some rubbers. And she's like, gosh, dad, it's very similar to this movie, but I feel like all the color has been sucked out of it. Yeah. Whereas this one, I mean... It's it's not fair because you have the Tooch and Patricia Clarkston and the dynamic that they have and the comedy that they're given to play with yeah. is just so good that it it really brings a lot of life to the scenes with their daughter. Well, and it's a breath of fresh air because it's it's kind of like every high school movie you watch, you're like, all right, what are they going to do with the parents this time? Yeah. Because yeah. they could either be super vanilla white bread that they basically aren't even there until like crucial scenes like 16 candles or they can be like the antagonist in a way like in 10 things i hate about you where he's like okay you're i'm the gatekeeper yeah but you you always have to pick an angle don't you yeah Uh uh-huh and for this one they were like 
okay, the angle is supportive, but like no one's parents are like these people. I don't No one's parents. I don't think so. This movie made me believe that there's somebody out there, but they're rare. Only in, only in this movie's world. And I'm okay with that. But with Mr. Corbett, I was just like, okay, yeah, you seem like a normal dad. He's a person I know I would run into at the grocery store. Right. And you have a tragic backstory a little bit, but it's not that tragic because none of us feel bad about it. Right. And, and it's not that it's bad. It just feels a little lifeless. And this movie felt full of life with its niceness. It's tricky, right? Where you, like, if you wanted to write a character who is really grounded and very human, it's hard to not make them boring at the same time. Yes. When they don't have a lot to do for the plot. I had some ice cream today. Mm-hmm. I went to an ice cream store and I had ice cream. It's full of dairy too. Oh. I, I took a chance, and I had. It was called like something dog double folded vanilla ice cream. Yeah. It was like double mixed vanilla, and you know it had some flavor to it for yeah. a vanilla ice cream. You went to Flavor Town and you ain't coming back. I did, but I also dressed it up with some drizzled peanut butter and oh, butterscotch. Oh yeah, because I was I was really hankering for butter pecan, but they didn't have it, and so I was like, I'm gonna make my own butter pecan. And then I feel like that's what this movie's parents are. Mm-hmm. I, I feel Double like John Corbett vanilla. is a nice scoop of vanilla, but it's you like needed some I needed sauce. something more. You needed some caramel so drip. I'm, I'm glad we have what we have here. Cool. Yeah. Well, man, uh, I just got to ask then the, the most important question. What, what does it have to do with Lord of the Rings? Um, speaking of eternal love yep. between... Um, two people two Arwens and Aragorns and ah. um, who would you fall in love with are there any circumstances in which uh, the two of you might be more than just good friends the truth of it is I loved you from the first second I met you <laughs> but mostly I hate the way I don't hate you not even close not even a little bit not even at all you have bewitched me body and soul and I love I love I love you. I know. That's a bummer. There's no Baron and Luthien in this one, unless they do it in like flashbacks. Nah. Nah. Nah, Nah, dog. Nah. Nah. The estate of Tolkien would hate that. (laughs) Nah. Um, Man, I am. I am. Man. You're looking at the Tooch there and you're like, oh. It's hard not to say the Tooch. Tooch is pretty cool. Clarkson's pretty cool too. Yeah. Emma, like, there's something about nobility that I love, though. And I think Emma Stone is super noble and she's unafraid of, like, coming out with all of her garbage at mm-hmm. the end. I gotta go with Emma Stone. Yeah. Yeah. She's just, she's too good of a character for me to pass up on this one. I'm going with Emma Stone too. Mm-hmm. She's just really cool yeah she's, and if she's okay with chubby dudes there she's saying i got a chance <laughs> so you're saying there's a chance ryan compared compared to where you were in high school and college i'm in a much better place <laughs> um ah uh, and she's i mean she, of course she's fine she's foxy she's fine um i i will say the the love interest in this movie pen badge bad badgley badgley pen badgley pen badgley you boring as a love interest yeah i honestly thought he was uh, they should have given him more interior life completely but i i liked his performance he was a 
he was a dude who basically his character that they gave him is I'm a guy who is kind of nice, but my main, my main thing is that I dress up like mascots. Yeah. Cause like, I feel like the filmmakers like pushed him out into the, into the movie and he like looks at them. He's like, what do you want me to do? And they're like, just be charming. He's like, okay. Yeah. And he was, Yeah, yeah, that's all he had to do in this movie. But again, cast difference. That would be nice. Yeah. You know, in, in all, in all the ways, but you know, if you're, if you're going to have like, like him and Dan bird, they, they look different, but not different enough for me. Right. You know, this movie, her classmates are all tall, white brunette dudes. Yeah. Well, Dan bird's short, but yeah. um, yeah, he's, he's Hollywood tall though. You know, no one's short in Hollywood. It's That's not that, true. That's just like Tom Cruise. Is he short? You wouldn't know it from Top Gun. <laughs> <laughs> so there it is should there we pick is. next week's no next week's movies has been picked it's train wreck because you guys voted a, a um our patrons voted it in. yeah so it was a tie don't let a tie happen ever again kelly doesn't want to watch swing time now that he figured out what it is so <laughs> it's not get that on i there. don't want to it's just a i just ugh, it was a chore last time it is you don't we don't have to make it a chore every time I don't want to say every time that there's blackface, but God damn it. Hollywood's got some problems, you guys. I know. And if we do, if you know, patrons, if you do pick it, we'll talk about it. Yeah. We'll, it will be we'll addressed it. and we'll deal with it. But, um, I just want to say thanks everybody who's come out and listened so far. I feel like we we have over 130 episodes and Ryan and I have put in a lot of late nights and a lot of early mornings mm-hmm. into this. Uh, I forgot to upload, the podcast last week. And so I had to wake up at like <laughs> that six and be like, Oh shoot, 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 shoot. And it's just been nice to get a lot of support. And if you want to continue showing support, of course, it's great to come over to the Patreon and help us out over there. It's patreon.com slash romcom of course, but also just hit us up for a review on Apple podcasts. That would really help. And just write a little, like these guys are, these guys are hot or these guys know what they're talking about. Or these guys don't know what they're talking about, but I still give them five stars Mm -hmm. because they're so charming like Woodchuck Todd. I think, I think we all agree things are not super hot in the world right now. If you look around, it's really easy to get down on it. Actually, it's really hot in the world right now and we got to work on that. Super hot too in that way. But if you're thinking, man, I wish the world would be a little bit nicer to each other. You can just pay it forward, do a nice thing, Write a review. And just that's a little, one of our main just goals. Just a little thing. Is to, to show the world that it's really good, you know, to love each other. And that you can do that in myriad of ways. But, you know, that's why Ryan and I say I love you at the end of every podcast. And more grandly, not dealing with just this podcast, but rom-coms. I just think the world truly would be a better place if all of us watched more rom-coms. Yeah, I agree. I really do. And so you can help perpetuate rom-com watching by helping us out because that's all we're doing is championing these films yeah so thank you and ryan thank you for succinctly saying that and i love you even if this lord of the rings show ends up being horrible well (laughs) i'll still love you okay i love you so much Uh that i if i heard any kind of rumors about your sexual misadventures i would shut them right down oh that's a friend right there And this is where we will say goodbye. Ryan and Kelly must bid you adieu. Thank you for listening to our review. Rate and subscribe, we'll even take a bribe. 
So see you next week on the Gentleman's Guide. To rom-coms. <laughs>